I'm glad you stepped out of your comfort zone. So now we expect more. If you think you're going to get away with just one time, you've got to think of coming. That was brother and sister singing and their mom playing. Now we need to get your dad to come and sing. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. You want something to liven your heart a little bit? Would you like to know, well, Doug Batchelor has amazing facts. Would you like to know an amazing Bible fact? Did you know that one out of every 25 verses in the New Testament deals with the second coming of Christ? Do you think the New Testament writers are trying to tell us something? That maybe that should be our focus of attention? You know, we could always focus on the bad it happens. But then we can also put our mind and focus on that soon coming of Jesus. And that's what I look forward to, don't you? Look what Jesus said to John in the book of Revelation. Go to Revelation chapter 22. Remember, I keep telling you, the book of Revelation is written for God's people living just before Jesus comes. It's important that we study and know and understand the book of Revelation. So we're going to look at three verses in chapter 22. Revelation 22, beginning with verse 7. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 7 says, Behold, I am coming, what's the next word? Quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now go to verse 12. And behold, I am coming soon, quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Go to verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Jesus says, I'm coming quickly, I'm coming soon, I'm coming quickly. I mean, I think he's trying to tell us something. And the reason why he's trying to tell us this is because there are people who say that they are followers of him who doesn't realize that he's going to come quickly. And it's important for us to begin to look at this. He's saying, I'm coming quickly, I'm coming quickly, I'm coming quickly. Maybe we can learn what it is that we need to focus our attention on to make this a reality within our minds. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a good example of God leading his people so that, in the, so that living in this time and age, we don't make the same mistakes. You know, people often say history repeats itself. Mistakes repeats itself as well, too. And sometimes when people make mistakes way back then, we tend to follow and make the same mistakes as well, too. So from the very first book of the Old Testament, which is Genesis, to the very last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, God's people have promoted, have longed for, taught, preached, hope for the first coming of the Messiah. They knew a Messiah was promised after sin entered the world 
and they looked for and hoped for and desired to be able to see and to have that Messiah be there with them. So they, they kept t- teaching that, thinking about that. They knew he was to come. They, they knew what he was coming for and where he was coming and approximately when he was even going to, to arrive. But something happened when Jesus finally came to this world for the first time. For the most part, the majority of the, of the nation of Israel missed his coming. Think about it. They had been preaching the coming of the Messiah. They had hoped for the coming of the Messiah. They longed for the coming of the Messiah. But when the Messiah came, the majority of the people were caught unaware that the event ever happened. In fact, it was the the shepherds that were out in the field who saw the angels singing in the sky. It was... It was wise men that came from a different country that saw something different in the stars and decided to search the scriptures and and started to come to see. The rest of those who were longing for this event to take place were going, oh, is it possible when Jesus says, I'm going to come quickly, I'm going to come quickly, I'm going to come quickly, He's telling us, look folks, don't repeat the same thing again. My people who longed for me to come was not ready when I came. And he's going to tell us, he says, look, if you don't do something, when I come the second time, and I'm going to come in all of my glory, I want my people to be ready. I don't want you to say, oh, I don't think it's going to happen in my day. Jesus is trying to wake us up. You know, that's probably why he gave to us the parable of the ten virgins. Go to Matthew chapter 25. We'll review that again. Matthew 25, beginning with verse 1. Because Jesus was giving to his disciples a parable so that they can be ready. Matthew 25, beginning with verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Who's the bridegroom? That's Jesus. He's talking about his second coming. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was, was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came 
And those who were ready went in with him in the wedding, and the door was shut. And after the other virgins came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and he said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. All the ten virgins are, were anticipating the coming of the bridegroom. They were all Adventists. That's right. The Advent means the coming of the Messiah. They were all Adventists. But the ones that were prepared ahead of time were able to go with the bridegroom and the door was shut. Those who were not ready, when the event finally came along, they couldn't get in. The question is, how could that ever be possible? If they were all Adventists, all looking for the bridegroom to come, why weren't they ready? Verse 13. Jesus says very carefully, he says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. He's relating it to our time period today. Now we many times, as Adventists, focus on the last part of this verse. You know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This brings to mind the verse that says, But of that day, talking about the second coming of Jesus, and hour, no one knows no, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. That's in Matthew 24, verse 36. So we focus on that. But what we refuse to look at is the very first part of Matthew 25, 13. What did Jesus say? Watch. Watch. Even though you don't know the day or the hour when he's going to come, you got to be watching ahead of time, not after he comes. We've got to watch ahead of time. When you begin to see things happening, that's watching. You're, you're watching these things taking place. Let's see what we're to watch for. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, beginning with verse 3. Now as he, that's Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and when will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of what? Some of you have a different translation. These are the beginnings of what? 
Birth pains. Okay, ladies, let me ask you a question. You remember? You remember when the contractions started coming? Lisa, you remember? When they were far apart, was it time to rush to the hospital? No, nah, not yet. You waited until they got closer and closer and closer together and stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you said, now's the time. Now we better get to the hospital. That was watching. Watching for those contractions. Watching and saying, now's the time to go to the hospital. Now, some wait until it's too late. Ask some of the taxi cab drivers, they'll tell you. Or policemen. But when you begin to understand, and especially if this is maybe your second or third pregnancy and, and you've got the contractions, you know we're getting close enough that we've got to take this seriously. The delivery hasn't happened yet, but it is coming. And I know it's coming because the contractions are coming very regular and soon and, and uh, coming in more intensity. That's what Jesus is telling us here. Jesus is giving them signs to watch for. And verse 8 literally reads, all these are the beginning of birth pains. When you begin to see them, these events becoming stronger and stronger and more intense, you know the time is getting close for delivery. Are things happening stronger and stronger in this word and closer and closer together? You better believe it. I mean, people who are not religious at all are looking at the economy of the world and saying, what is happening here? And they're beginning to say, all these guys that were projecting and saying, oh, this is only going to be temporary, are now saying, all of this economy and, and all of this mess that we find ourselves in is going to last two, three, four, five years. And some of the economists said this last week, you better get used to it because it's never going to end. The life of freedom as we know it has come to an end financially. So that's happening. It's happening in our world today. And we see all these other things that are taking place. I gave some pictures to, uh, to the uh, teens back here to share in their Sabbath school class. On, I think it was February the 10th, was a tornado that hit Ardmore Adventist Academy in Oklahoma and destroyed the academy. And I was showing Shirley that what was left that was intact was the, the uh, music room and the tables that were lined up and they had all the handbells that they had practiced their handbells with and the handbells were still on the table, never moved. No one got hurt, by the way. But we're seeing, we're seeing an intensity like we've never seen before in weather-related things, and we're seeing it in, in the economy, and we're seeing it in all kinds of things. I was just 
just talking to someone and their daughter-in-law has pneumonia. And we were talking about the, the cases of pneumonia is unheard of right now and, and resistant to the antibiotics that we have. And all these things are happening. But it's something that's trying to wake us up that something greater than we could ever imagine is about to take place. The bridegroom is about to come. Go to Matthew 24 again in verses 32 and 33. Matthew 24, verses 32 and 33. Jesus gives another parable. We had the parable there of the ten virgins. Now he gives us another one. He says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Remember the door that shut on the ten virgins, on the five foolish virgins? Jesus says it's, that door is just about to open up. It's just about the time for the coming. And you've got to look at the trees. I've been looking at some of the trees that were out here this morning, and there's buds on the trees. You know what that tells me? Spring is about here. Are they full of leaves? Not yet, but it won't be long. And so he's saying, when you begin to see these things happening, he says, watch, look at it, open your eyes. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever why an Adventist should not be ready for the second coming of Jesus. But there will be. Jesus wants us to open our eyes, to begin to look around. As you watch the signs of the ripening, like a fruit tree, you know is coming is soon. You may not know the exact date, but you know it's getting closer. We see the signs right before our eyes. Things are getting closer and closer. But let me tell you something. There are still, there are still Adventists who feel it's not true. They say, we've been told that for generations and Jesus hasn't come yet. I've heard that with my own ears. My wife and I had a friend of ours who's an Adventist who was sitting in our kitchen, was talking to us, and we were talking about the deteriorating economy. And, and my wife and I says, you know, we think it's just another one of the signs of the nearness of Jesus coming. You know what he said? He said, I don't think so. And here's why. Because we don't know the hour or the day of his coming. If we don't know the time or the day when he's going to come, then Jesus doesn't want us to worry because there's nothing we can do about it. He was fulfilling Scripture where Peter said, all things will continue as they were from the beginning, in 2 Peter 3, verse 4. Isaiah said that they believe that tomorrow shall be as this day, in Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 12. Our friend wasn't saying that Christ is not going to come. What he was saying is, in his heart he believes, and by his action is his words, that the second coming is still in the future, and we don't have to worry, 
And because he didn't give us the day or the hour, there isn't anything that we've got to do. We'll just wait until he comes. It's too late. Because that's what the Israelites believed on the first coming. I don't have to do anything. When he comes, he comes. He's going to come in great power. He's going to overthrow things. They never expected him to come as a baby in a stable. And so they weren't ready. Do you know what he's also doing? When he begins to share these things, he is keeping others from being ready for that blessed event. I don't want to be in his shoes. I think he was missing the point. Jesus was trying to tell us Watch and be ready. Ahead of time. Don't wait till the last second. Go to Matthew 24 again, verses 43 and 44. 43 and 44. Jesus still speaking. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. we got to be ready ahead of time. The last part of that, verse 44, tells us that the hour or the time of Jesus' coming is not known. The timing is referring to a thief breaking into a man's house when he was not ready. If he'd have been ready, it probably wouldn't have happened. I've told you this story before, but what happened today with the vandalism reminds me of it again. Of the church that I had in Kansas and the board meeting that we were having. And as we were getting coming in and greeting people, the door had opened and closed, but whoever that was didn't come in. The rest of them figured that that person of the board was going to the restroom and had come in later. Never thought anything about it, never said anything about it, never thought of the warning that was taking place. And then we had our board meeting, we had our discussion, we voted, and then we went out and I locked the doors. I turned off the lights and locked the doors and went out to the car and went home. And then I got a phone call the next day. It was the police says, would you mind coming down to the church and meeting us there? And I went down there. And we had been robbed. And the policeman scratched his head and said, you know, I can't understand it because there's no signs of a break-in. You know what we did? We locked the thief in the church. There was no break-in. He had full access. Do you know what we were discussing at the board meeting? Purchasing a security alarm in case of someone ever broke in. We were thinking that we needed to be ready because inevitably it was going to happen. There had been a lot of churches who had been vandalized and robbed through the last few months, and so we were going to stay one step ahead of them. We were too late. We didn't watch. And that's what Jesus is telling us. Watch and be ready. You don't have this in your, in your list, but write it down on your in your bulletin there, the little handout sheet, Luke chapter 12, if you would. 
Luke chapter 12 and verse 37. Luke 12, 37. Look at this. Jesus is speaking. Couldn't get any clearer than this. He starts off, Jesus starts off with the word blessed. What, what does that mean? Who would you be blessed by? You're blessed by God. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find what? Watching. Surely I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. They were watching and waiting, anticipating, but they were ready when he finally came. We need to start watching for Jesus. We know that he's coming. We see the rapidly ripening signs right before our eyes that he's coming. But we are watching and we need to wait and we need to anticipate and we need to get ready. And this, when we do this, this causes us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to begin to make the changes that we need to make within our lives to reflect the character of Christ before He comes. We need to be ready. We need to get our family members ready. We cannot put off any longer about the second coming of Christ. We need to get our families ready for that event. Now, it comes with resistance. Our son-in-law is a church school teacher. He was just sharing with his class that he believed that it was the soon second coming of Jesus. He got a call that night from an angry parent. How dare you teach such things in school? You've made my child afraid. And he scratches his head, afraid. This is a church school. Adventists are longing and hoping for the second coming of Jesus. We need to wake up our kids. We need to teach them that Jesus is about to come. But there are parents who don't want to teach their children that, though we don't want to scare them. There are churches that, that don't want to mention anything about it in the church service. We don't want to run people off. Take a look. I've been preaching since the 1st of January about the second coming of Jesus. Have we lost everybody? In fact, we've increased. People are coming and they're saying, why aren't they preaching this in our church? Because there are churches who are not watching and they're not ready. They don't like what they see. You're right, Ted. They don't like what they don't want to hear it. They don't want to run people off, they say. We just want to preach, love everybody and pat each everybody on the back and everything will be okay. 
when Jesus comes, then he'll take care of the rest. That is the wrong doctrine. Because Jesus says, I'm coming quickly, I'm coming quickly, I'm coming quickly. Watch therefore and be ready. Churches should be making ready people for the second coming of Christ. I have a nephew who studied to be a journalist. And I remember him telling me that most journalists desire to find answers to the following questions. And you've heard them. Who, what, where, when, and why? So who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. What are we talking about? His soon second coming. Where is He coming? He's coming to this earth. When is He coming? Soon. Because all the signs are there. Why is He coming? Oh, look at this. John 14. John 14, verses 1 through 3. John 14. Jesus is speaking again. Look at the promise. We often quote this. Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Why is he coming? He's coming to take us home. That's a pretty good reason, isn't it? Christians all over the world are looking forward to eternal life. But many of them, even in our own denomination, are going to miss out. Why? I remember my nephew, the journalist, who says the regular journalist will ask who, what, when, where, and why, but he says a good journalist, which he said there are very few of them, will ask one more question. How? How? This is the one question we as Christians fail to ask. Not focusing on this one question is where the Jews missed the boat at the first coming of Jesus. This is why the disciples were disappointed when Jesus died on the cross. This is where many Christians will be set up for a deception by the devil, thinking that they are witnessing the second coming of Christ, when in reality they are seeing the devil appearing like a Christ in a false second coming. We have to ask the question, how? The Jews thought the coming Messiah would come on the scene in great glory, not as a baby in a stable. They ignored the scriptures that told them how he was going to come. The disciples thought Jesus would fight the oppressing Roman Empire and be the conquering warrior, not one that would go on to the cross and to die like a common thief. They ignored even the very words of Jesus 
telling them that he was going to Jerusalem and he was going there to be the sacrifice and that he had to die for the sins of all mankind. Many Christians are going to ignore the Scriptures because they think they know how Jesus is going to come based on popular thinking, thinking that affects our children in our own homes. Do you know that most children in their homes today get their Christianity from television? Do you know how Hollywood portrays the second coming of Christ? It is just sensationalism. It is just something that, that will create more money and make you go out and buy the products. They aren't worried about truth. In fact, they don't even want to give the truth because they think the truth is boring. And so our children today, many of them are getting the concept of the second coming of Jesus by turning on an electronic switch and watching someone else do the thinking for you. There's something wrong someplace. It's very important that we look at what the Bible has to say about how Jesus is going to come. David Asherick, the evangelist, says there are six elements that are very clear from Scripture about how Jesus is going to come. He says it is visible, it is literal, it is powerful, it is audible, it is inevitable, and it is joyful. And if we miss one of any of these six elements, or any of them, one or, or, or a combination of more, we are setting ourselves up for great deception to be fooled by the devil. That's why Jesus says to his disciples, Watch! So we're going to look at what the Bible teaches in order to show these six points of how Jesus is going to come. Are you ready? Good. We're going to start it next week. I don't want you to miss out on the fellowship meal. So in the meantime, what I want you to do is take your hymnal and to open up and to focus your attention on that coming of Jesus, which is our hope. Hymn number 205. Gleams of the Golden Morning, 205.